Team to Podcast for All Mankind. Welcome back to NASA Vending Machine. I am your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined on this red planet by my good friend and co-host, Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Uh, hello, comrade. In Soviet Union, there is one vending machine. <laughs> Uh, we will, yes, there is important vending machine, uh, you know, developments to discuss. Enormous. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit later in the episode. Okay. All right. Um, we are here to talk about season four, episode four for all mankind entitled House Divided. Ooh. I hear those don't stand well. <laughs> That's the. That's what the they tell me. That's what they tell me. They say. That's what they say. Um, so let's talk about what happens this week. <laughs> Um, in uh, the aftermath of last week's coup in Russia, we now have uh, um, there's a bit of a schism internally amongst the Russians at Happy Valley, right. some of whom support Gorbachev, some of whom support Korzhenko. Um, this is seen most visibly when uh, Svetlana, who is uh, one of Ed's uh, yeah. pilots, is uh, out uh, working with Vasily, uh, one of the Helios workers, and they are arguing about it, and push comes to shove, and uh, Svetlana pushes Vasily, in, I mean, and he like falls down. and Push, push <laughs> literally comes to shove. Yes, literally comes to shove, and he gets a tear in his suit, and stuff goes bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, impact of this long-term is Danny decides she will remove Svetlana from flight status, and confine her to the base. Right. Ed is upset about this. We are reading between the lines a little bit here to suggest that perhaps he and Sveta have a relationship going. We saw that hinted at last week when he gave her the pot, but we haven't explicitly seen that. Certainly they are they are friends and they are close. Right, right. Um, she's, she's one of his pilots. He thinks she's a great pilot. They're working together. And uh, and yeah, so he's really upset with Danny for... for uh, saying she almost killed a guy so and may still have killed a guy we don't know yet so know. yeah not that's not great that. um star city meanwhile uh recalls her rather than basically waiting for danny to decide punishment and we learn that vasily's family is somehow connected to the new regime yep somebody uh, on the Danielle, Paul bureau yeah yep yep there's a, there's there's a lot of back and forth about that danielle doesn't want to send her back um, but the M7 charter basically says they have to let Russia recall her. Right. Um, so one of the things that I like about this episode and how they're treating Irina, who is our mystery mm-hmm. woman, who's the head of Roscosmos, is the show is happy to show us the double talk. Um, and But it mm-hmm. just does it oh, yeah. and, and lets, you, lets you be smart enough to interpret it, which I feel like some shows and movies would not be smart enough to do it. But like... There's no hand-holding. Yeah. Right, like they say, oh, well, you know... He knows somebody back there. And then the she's on the phone to Daniel Stern or the video conference, and she's like, uh, no, he's just a regular guy. And then in the meeting at Roscosmos, they're like, immediately, his uncle's on the Politburo. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's a lie. And, and she does that a lot. And, like, they, they just, she says things, it's face value. And then you see back in the, in the Soviet Union, it's like, oh, yeah, none of that is true. And that's just, that's what she's I doing. Also- enjoyed the um the sort of uh contrast there where eli talks about how much he likes i like working with the russians they're straight they're to the point they don't beat around the bush right and immediately gets lied to um i think eli gets hung up on a lot (laughs) it seems like his life is 
is tough like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so he tries to negotiate with Irina, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, uh, meanwhile, let's see what else happens in that. As we've got so many, there are several. There are several. There's some back and forth Plot with. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, up on Happy Valley, the Russians have kind of like tacitly like started this like tacit like grievance campaign like they they reboot the system and so it's back at its defaults and all the ui is in cyrillic yeah <laughs> um the soviet union said a representative says they no longer recognize danny as the commander and they are backed by the soviet aligned companies uh countries um so they uh do a security sweep and put a detail on svetlana uh back uh back on earth Eli gets a uh, gets chewed out by President Gore. Yes, uh, I I feel like I called this the other week. Where you I was did. like, "Are we going to get an Al Gore voiceover?" And I pretty I assume that is Al Gore. I don't know. I, it might <laughs> be an actor, but I mean, like he's on. Yeah, you're right. He's like an it's Apple uncredited. Guy, so why not? I kept credited. I kept an uh, eye. Yeah, I kept an eye on the credits, and I did not see anybody credited as being Al Gore. But I don't know. Yeah, I just uh, it it was a pretty good uh, likeness, and I can see Al yeah. doing it. So sure, why not? Why not? Uh, there's a clip. Of Al Gore, you know, talking about uh, the whole thing. I mean, repurposed, etc. It's a Bush versus um, Gore clip, basically. Yeah, it's like yeah. we gotta get the, to the bottom of this, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he and, says the, uh, the key moment is, I said the Cold War was over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I, oh, poor, poor Eli. Um, so uh, let's see where. Uh, sorry, I'm scrolling through because there's a bunch of different plot lines happening yeah, this week. Yeah, we should we should. Um, let's see. There's the uh, yeah the the something to to go back over maybe a little bit is that that you do get the meetings on both ends. Um, I wrote down that um, uh, that uh, Daniel Stern's character he. Um, He's like, oh, I'll deal with the Soviets like the United Auto Workers. I thought that was a funny moment that yeah. shows that he's kind I can of deal with them. It's like kind yeah, of a rube. Like he's, how does a guy who's a player also end up um, not being so good at politics? He's just like a CEO, but like I don't think he really understands necessarily. He he seems to be well intentioned, but um, I can't decide whether they're showing him being na- whether they think he's naive or whether it's Slightly just a, it's just really hard. Depth. Yeah, yeah. I, he has well so he later on he's like getting frustrated and he's on his exercise bike and the bike keeps right. yelling at him to bike faster and he's getting annoyed and i thought for a moment like we're are we like he's gonna die <laughs> he's gonna have a heart attack here uh but instead he has a heart to heart with his wife uh and talks about like you know you should retire and we'll go off and travel and uh maybe we'll go like oh, i saw a greek temple in india and like he suddenly was like oh india uh so india is basically the neutral member of the M7 that's yes. not aligned with either the Soviets or the U.S. bloc. And so he comes up with this compromise, which is they'll send Svetlana back and she'll be put on trial in India, <laughs> which is also a, a weird... I guess that's how international justice works. Sure, just send him to another another country. Um, yeah, and, and, what, is, what, and it's funny because, again, in this like toggling between, we see this and it's... It's Daniel Stern's idea. He takes it to everybody and is like, "This is this is our our diplomatic solution," and it works. And right. cut to Roscosmos and Arena says, "Haha, we won. She's going to be on trial," and right. doesn't say anything about India and all of that, which is like again, all spin all spin all spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ed is unhappy with this result uh, and has a little bit of a set to with uh, Danny. And they bring up um, 
what basically Danny says, what happened to, or, or I can't remember which one this is. One of them says, what happened to Danny Stevens is not on me. They hinted a sort of cryptic hint that yes. something happened. You know, we know something happened to Danny. Obviously, we know he was exiled at one point from the, the Happy Valley settlement after the events of last season, but we don't know what his fate was. Right. Um, Ed tries to save Svetlana, basically like, uh, you can hide out down where they're building stuff and I'll, I'll bring you food. Yeah. It's like just a, a real bad plan. Uh, and instead, you know, she's like, no, I got I got to go back. Uh, I don't put your career in danger. Well, and, and this so, is so typically Ed, right? Because yeah. Ed, and, and Danielle's not wrong when she clashes with him. Ed is absolutely one of these people who thinks that the rules don't apply to him yes. or his friends or whoever. Like he makes the decisions cause he wants to, when the, there's the thing about like the video, not going to the people downstairs, he's like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It goes to me and my people. And that's all that I care about. And this is a good example of that where when it was, she's going to be taken back to the new regime and she's going to, she's going to get sent to a, 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 a gulag or she's going to disappear. Best. Yeah. At be- yeah. Gulag at best. And then him saying, we can't allow this. I see it. But here at the end where it's like, we got a diplomatic solution. It averts a cold, the reignition of the cold war. Um, She's going to be tried in a neutral third party. And at this point he's like, no, my friends don't have the law applied to them essentially. And Danielle's like, essentially she's like, dude, she did assault a guy who may die. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there needs to be consequences. Probably she should be tried for that, right? Like that that is a crime that was committed. And if we don't, it's either that or, you know, is the North Korean uh capsule available? We where we put Danny, right? Like there's no prison, there's no jail on Mars. So she's got to go back and face uh, justice and not necessarily like what the Soviets might do, which is uh, recall her and disappear her. So right. uh, it's just, it, it's so typical Ed, right? It's like my rules oh, yeah. don't apply yeah, to me right. and, and my friends and we can We're do whatever special. we want. Um, and that leads to our sort of final scene where um, she, Ed walks to Svetlana out. There's a lot of angry people standing around. And after she gets on the transport, Ed turns around and like cold shoulders Danny, basically. Yeah. Uh, so there's some friction amongst our old friends. Our old uh, who friends. have a lot of history. <laughs> um, meanwhile, we talked a little bit about Roscosmos, but Margot's got a lot going on at Roscosmos. Uh, she's now working there you know, with her new regime. We learn at one point, I think from Eli, that, um, or I don't remember if it's Eli, somebody else, Irina. She was in security at Roscosmos. Basically, she was like the KGB agent who was handling stuff at Roscosmos. So she has like, uh, you know, an intel and security background. And that obviously we knew from her interactions with Margo, but this sort of confirms it. Um, uh, the, we have this. <laughs> the, Arena wants to figure out what went wrong with the asteroid mission. Mm. And this is a whole, you know, to do. Uh, and they can't do a new asteroid mission until they figure out what happened last time. And they have all the reports are handed out. And Irina asks Margot to uh, or someone to give Margot a copy. And she gets the what? <laughs> she gets the one taken away. Like one gets taken away from one of the other Russian guys, who's like, "Everything's great. I don't see what the big problem is or whatever." And they're like, "Yeah, give his report to Margot." Uh, and she wants Margot's opinion on it. And so we get a uh, a Margot working montage with her jazz music on in the background. I think which is. 
I don't think actually there. I think it's in her head, but uh, it sort yeah, of harkens right. back to earlier seasons where she's got her jazz stuff and she's working her slide rule. And she's in this really terrible office that just has pictures of Lenin and Korshenko on the wall. And uh-huh. That's it. Old picture of Lenin, new picture of Korshenko. <laughs> Love it. So uh, she's working late, and so she goes out to, in our in our crucial scene this episode. Uh, yeah, goes to the Russian scene. vending machine. Yeah, Soviet vending machine. Here it is. Da, comrade. In in, in Soviet Union vending machine, sell you um, coffee vends you. Uh, your options are long coffee, tea, instant coffee, and hot chocolate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For a variety of copecks, but Marco doesn't have enough. Uh, for any of them, and so there's one other woman there who's working late, and uh, you know, seeing Margot's run of money, she basically flips over a chair, takes a washer off, and so hands good. it to her, and they realize, you know, oh, it's the same, weight, same shape and weight, shape, yeah. yeah. So um, it'll, it'll work, and like, and I'm thinking, how, how many washers are left on? The- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, those chair- someone, chairs. Someone in a fall. later, in a later episode, they just need to have somebody sit down on a chair, and it just falls apart. These chairs just keep not, breaking, not being here. held together. It's uh, um, yeah, and she's doing. Uh, she the woman is doing spin vector calculations, and Margot can help with that. And so it's like a little. Uh, this is where we get revealed. Like we all know exactly who you are. And she's like, yeah. "Oh, I'm Margot." And she's like, "We know who you are." She's like, "Well, nobody talks to me." And she's like, um, "Arena has made it clear that we should keep our distance from you." Um, uh, in one of the great lines in this episode, where Margot asks her, "Why did she? Why did she help her to be like get the money and?" She says, a woman without coffee is a dangerous woman. It's a dangerous woman. So good. So good. And, and uh, this whole conversation happens, by the way, while the um, long coffee, slow coffee <laughs> is vending um, very slowly, uh, very presumably slowly. in the in the vending machine, in the coffee vending machine there. But um, I was honestly, Dan, this scene, I was just like, so overwhelmed with the fact that this show is is continues to be as re-engaged with being obsessed with vending machines it's amazing just amazing i i just keep wondering where is it going to pop up next they're going to like they're going to capture that asteroid again and go down there and be like there's already a vending machine yeah. here the the what if we made an asteroid vending machine so it, it just i don't know the season two the vending machine just was so prominent that we ended up naming the podcast after it because the vending machine was so prominent and it was like everything happens by the vending machine the vending machine is the is like a, this fateful thing it has all these connections and then here we are and here's Margot in the space center in russia in the soviet union and there is uh she's got the vending machine here too also it goes back to her whole like sleeping at her desk or sleeping in her office yes. thing yeah that's what's going on here too is she's she's back into Margot. Um, obsessive work mode, like classic. She's got, and the fact that she now is sort of blessed by the administration, mm-hmm. right? Because you know she's wandering around here at night. There's no one else around, right? Like two episodes ago, she tried to get in, and they tossed her out on her ear, and now she's got the run of the place, basically. So you know her her fortunes are definitely changing, um, although they're you know not without <laughs> risk and threat to it there. Um, so she basically helps out Tatiana with the asteroid spin stuff. And then later on, she's presenting her own work to Irina, mm-hmm. explaining what's going on, why the asteroid mission failed. Uh, and then she is invited to stay as oh. the uh, engineer is, is asked in to explain his Seminoff. problem. Poor, oh, no. Poor, poor comrade Semenov. Uh, oh. Basically, we learned that there was a um, there was a problem with the bolts. Uh, yeah. And they should not have been certified. It was a unit conversion yeah. problem. So this, this is a from, thing. This is a thing yeah. that really happened in our yeah. timeline, where a Mars orbiter blew past Mars because um, 
pound feet and newton meters were not correctly interchanged so it's actually you know one of these things where they're taking a little data from our timeline and then mapping it to something here for fun basically i i have a story about this when i was in college one of my my roommate actually worked uh in the space sciences department and um he was a mechanical engineer student and he was working on one of the mars rover like like um you know test pilot projects essentially and the story was that in the elevator in the space sciences biz- building somebody had printed out a copy of this article in talking about the the basically the this problem and had circled it in red pen and written units minus one with mm. <laughs> the classic like when you got the units wrong on your test yeah uh, which i always enjoyed uh yeah so um Basically, Korchenko would be embarrassed by this, and so Semenov covered it up, which is even worse. Uh, and so she is—he is basically escorted out. Actually, uh, my th- note there, says there's a great moment here where he, where where she basically was like, "Margot, figure this out." And Margot says, "What's going on?" And he says, "I will not sit here and listen to an American." And right, like he's going to just do the typical arrogant kind of like, "She's an American, I don't." And Arena's like, "You will sit here until you are dismissed," um, and. Uh yeah he he's he's taken away in the worst sense of you're in the Soviet Union and they take you away yeah so yeah. uh <laughs> um there's a bit here where uh Margot like she she notices like a she's looking at a dossier there's like Svetlana's dossiers on Irina's desk yeah she's looking at that and Irina comes back in and thinks she's like looking at this poem and so she re- recites this Pushkin poem about right you know, being in exile and all of this. And then she gives Margot a picture of the engineers from ground control for the the landing on the moon, which includes Sergei. Sergei, yeah. And describes him as a close friend, <laughs> uh, which is also an interesting little wrench in there because I don't know. Do we know ultimately what happened to Sergei? I'm not sure. I think he was just, dis- I think he was, he he was old and sick and disappeared and yeah. yeah. Um, so not that good a friend, I guess, that she decided to save him. Uh, yeah, or instead, maybe she uh, was she was you know not in in the did not have the ability to do it. Ability, the KGB yeah. had them and all of that. But she does give her the pep talk, right? She's like, "Yeah, I know what you're capable of. All of them are afraid. You are different. The Americans took you for granted. I will not." Yeah. So she pitches Margot on working there and says, <laughs> "Semenov will quote find new employment." <laughs> uh, not great. Uh, and then this leads to the next day where Margot sits down at the uh, cafeteria next to Tatiana, who mm-hmm. is very upset. And we learn that the KGB took Semenov, yeah. who is her mentor. Yeah. And no one did anything, including me. They were all cowards, even me. Um, this is where she, where, where Irina gives the news in the in the next scene that the Americans have folded and she'll be put to trial, but doesn't say that we actually negotiated that she's going to go to India and all of that. And it's just that's not a part of it. It's like ha ha ha, we won. But the key moment is Semenov's chair sits empty. Yeah. <sighs> ah, yeah, yeah. There'll be somebody sitting in it next. Sorry, week, Semenov. Right? Maybe Margot. Who knows? Yeah, maybe she get get sit at the big table. Um. Our other story is uh, Miles up on uh, Happy Valley. Oh, Miles! Uh, yeah, black market Miles. Miles. Black market Miles. They've um, they're he and Ilya are working the black market. They've opened up the North Korean market, and Ilya says he's working on getting Lee's wife up. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Miles basically says, "Like, I got a new uh, a new business venture for you. Yeah, uh, I I sent a Mars rock back." 
and um my, my wife, wife sold it for it. five grand. Yeah, five, yeah, basically, yeah, five grand. And we can we can sell all these rocks. We send these rocks down. We'll make a ton of money. And Ilya's like, no, no, no. It's way too risky. Yeah. We got to stick with what works. So there's an echo here of the stamp scandal. I don't know if you even know about this, but there was a bu- there was this thing where a bunch of Apollo astronauts took um, took uh, canceled stamps, like basically up in space. And um, the whole idea was that they were going to be um, that resold and they were going to get a profit. They're going to get a cut of the sale of it from some stamp dealer. And it was, mm. I think technically some of it might've been legal, but it was, it was a scandal because it came out because they started to sell. And this is the thing. It's like, then they start to sell those things publicly and say, these things went to space and somebody says, what now? And it comes back to okay. NASA and it's a problem. So there, I feel like there may be lifting this a little bit here. Mm. Um, uh, this is, this is where, and I keep forgetting his name. Who's the black market, Russian black market guy? Ilya. Ilya. Ilya says, no, we don't do this. I use the same system. I do. And, and, and Lauren sitting next to me just turns to me and says, this is how you don't get caught. Yes, exactly. But and he's like, I don't, I understand, he says, but we know he doesn't understand and that Miles is totally going to do this because Miles really, 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 really wants the money and is in risk of, of uh, becoming like Ilya's old partner back in the moon. <laughs> who uh, was not as careful and got arrested. Um, there's some background to this, which is there's arguing the Helios crew is arguing about the Vasily versus Svetlana fight and whether or not it sort of breaks down on, they're breaking down on like class lines as opposed to Russian versus American lines. Because we have this like matrix almost, right? Because the the people down in the in the depths are like, well, she's a pilot and she just gets away with everything because yeah. she's a fancy astronaut. And I, it's like <laughs> I really I really like this. So it's like yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all the Helios people and you can see them going back and forth because they they do have uh, yeah, you're right. It's like a matrix in that there are like different angles in which they agree and they disagree whether they're an upper decker or a lower decker or whether they're like uh, a real kind of like pro union kind of attitude versus not. So, you know, um, Sam says Vasily is an asshole, right? <laughs> like, yeah, but the point is they don't care if we get hurt. Um, and miles is like, I got to go get some rocks and make some money. I'll cut you in. And <laughs> she's like, no, no, but there's, yeah. but there's a lot of this grumpiness going on in this, in the next scene back there with that, that same kind of group when miles is getting his, his crappy suit to go out on the surface. Um, it's the big blue suit, which we saw in previous seasons. It's yes. like the old yeah. crappy the old Ameri- Helios. Yeah. Suit, yeah. yeah. Helios suit. Right. Um, the suit tech is like, Hey, Dev's coming back. Yay. Yeah. Right. And because we saw that Dev did the takeover He's last time. Interviewed. Yep. And, and, on, and on TV. And, and, and Miles is like, who cares about that rich guy? Right. Like, it's, it's, so there's this other. He played, like, not only that, but he put my friends out of work. Right. Because this was the whole helium oil, three. The oil rigs. Right. And the, yeah, helium the oil rigs went out of work. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you've got this other stratification here where some of the Helios people are like, hey, Dev, he was cool. And then Miles is like, no, I, he took, you know, he ruined my whole industry. It's like a display steel worker kind of thing where he's like, and this is a dynamic that we have now with renewables, right? Where there are people who are like, ah, new yep. jobs for renewables, but the people who are working in the old jobs aren't going to get those jobs necessarily. And they have a, uh, you know, they're, they're really upset about that. So all of that is, uh, all of that it's, is, it's is going on too, here. Because since we have that class dynamic, it feels like on the, like both on the lower deck, mainly on, mainly on the lower deck side, like there isn't as much division between the different nationalities, right? Like, 
even now that they brought the North Koreans kind of into the black market yeah. fold, like there is certainly an element of all of them be like, hey, all the people working on the lower decks are kind of like, you know, we, we are prioritizing each other as our community. Right. It doesn't matter that some of us are Which, Russian, some of us are American, et cetera. I, I think this is, I think this show is really smart and it's really well written. And uh, one of the things this season that's very much impressed me is it feels like they have given some pretty deep consideration to the dynamics of going from essentially a military outpost far away, right? In this case on Mars, but it could be at a different time in North America, let's say, or something like that, or Australia. Going from a military outpost, you're the people who are on a, on a ship in the Navy or whatever, um, and turning it into a colony, and when the how does that start and what are the dynamics here and so you've got this case where you've got the military and you've got the contractors or you've got the you know space agency people they're not necessarily the military but space agency people and then the civilian contractors so now you've got the, it's still the military industrial complex a little bit but the contractors are like the workers and you're starting to see that community dynamic emerge which you know the rules of a, a an open community are real different than if you're working for a big agency, right? Like they're not working for the Soviet government. They're not working for the American government. They're working for Helios. And so they've got like different priorities. And like, I I love that. I mean, they're not going into incredible detail here, but I feel like the richness of this and the fact that there are so many different competing dynamics here in this base as it becomes larger, because you can't, you know, you can't just order people around. When it's like this, right. I mean, they, yeah. I know that they technically they can, but the reality is once you get hundreds of people in a base like this, you can't control everybody. They're not all your soldiers where you tell them where to go. And this kind of stuff is going to happen. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, too, because it kind of it kind of presages this idea like <clears throat> something I feel like they might, you know, go into in the next season <laughs> of what happens 10 years on when like. Now you just have civilians who live here but aren't necessarily even right working like contractors, right? Like who are working like how do you move from something that is that outpost to something where it's like, oh, now it's a city. Like you can't continually keep like the space agency people in charge. Like sooner or later you need self-governance or something like that. Like that's gonna be a really sticky widget at some point, right? You're gonna need to have people electing people and stuff like that and and yeah. we're, you're right we're starting to see the the first cracks of that as we deal with like civilian contractors because you've got like danny and ed as xo who are in charge of these people but that you know <laughs> nobody voted for them they're still working as yeah. like it's like still like a workplace but people live there and it's on a different planet it's very sticky and i think it's interesting to see as they those cracks start to form and i think that's going to be something we're seeing throughout this whole season is like how do you deal with it and what happens when the workers are upset? Like if they're like, hey, we're going to go on strike. Can right. they go on strike? Like there's a lot of questions. We've also seen, I mean, they can in the sense that, that you know, what are you going to do to them? <laughs> Essentially, right? Like that's the... That's you can't the, fit them all in that North Korean capsule. Exactly. That's, for sure. that, that's part of the power dynamic here is like you can order them around and they're there for Helios and all that. But like you're on Mars. What are you going to do? And there's probably more of them than there are of you. So I'm not saying that there's going to be a revolt or anything because they are dependent on Earth for lots of stuff, but their leverage is less. And, and you see it in lots of little ways. You see it in the, the Russians arguing with each other because there is this whole question of like, you know, 
the the governments on Earth can figure that their tendrils, you know, reach all the way to Mars. But there is this level at which, like, but we're on Mars. Or if you think about what Danny did prioritizing the satellite repair last time, right? Like, she just decided to do it because right. she's out there on Mars and she's the commander. And what again, they're all the way back on Earth. Right. And while you, right, it so takes it's like more seven tenuous. eight minutes to like call them, right? Like you can't just be like call them with every single problem. You got to be able to make your yeah. own decisions. And it takes months to get back and forth. And so it's like you know you, you're basically. I know that you've got ties, and you know as Americans we always think about like the American Revolution. But there is this moment of like, at what point if you're on Mars do you start thinking? Well, wait a second. Why should they tell us what to do? Because we're right. the ones it's, it's, who are here. Yeah. It starts to feel it get like some expanse vibes for that yeah. too. I feel like right, right. Well, that that is the always the question. I don't think they're going there quite yet, but this is the seeds of it, which is at some point the you know the Earth is going to say, well, no, everything that happens on Mars is still in a framework that is the M seven treaty and all these things. Well, it, you you're there long enough and it's large enough, and if they're self sustainable, which is a question, then why are they listening to you, right? Why are they doing yeah. what you say at all? Like, because what they have in common is that they're on Mars, that they have more in common with each other than they do with you back on Earth in some ways. It's it's just really interesting to see the complexity of that yeah. dynamic here. Are, are we just delaying discussing this because we don't want to talk about um, Miles doing his best, um, going to go find some rocks. <laughs> yeah, go find some rocks. Uh, <laughs> listening to listening to a John Wayne movie. I think I don't know his like suit there. I don't know unless uh, he's doing like a John Wayne impression or something. I don't like know. no, they hear they play a clip and All then right. he's like he's like talking along with it like uh, it's some movie he's walked watched a bunch. I don't he know. He goes and finds rocks and he wants to find these fancy glass you know volcanic rocks, but you see oh they're just out of reach and he steps further and further and then he falls <sighs> down a cliff because uh, he's kind of a dope. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Voss, great. Yeah. Sam uh, is and and Rich, I think, who is the other guy, are like, "Hey, Miles should have been back a long time ago." So she goes out looking for him and sees the groove leading to the canyon. Uh, and Miles is just sitting there on a rock in his suit, with his suit being like, "Hey, you're using a lot of oxygen." Yeah, is he trying uh, to like? But he's calm, fine. Calm down or something. By the way, before yeah. before they do that, um, Sam does have this interaction with Danielle, which is one of our rare crosses that I just want to mention because it all is also about a matter of perspective. Because from Sam's perspective, um, uh, the the you know Vasily's in a hyperbaric chamber, and and the the other cosmonauts Svetlana's Sve- walking, just around. walking around, yeah. and so she's like, "It's not right. You got to do something." And we know what Danny is going through which yeah. is international incident trying to figure out how to deal with her. But from the perspective of somebody who's just a grunt on the ground on Mars, she's like, why is she walking around? And the answer is it's complicated and we don't have a prison and we're trying to figure out what to do with her. But Sam doesn't know any of that, which goes to a communication issue and also just a yeah. real class division happening here. But yeah, in the end they go, she she said no, but now she because he wanted to, her to drive him out there, and so now she drives out there, and because it's been five hours, and she does find him sitting there, and uh, I like that they can't communicate because his radio is broken or whatever, his, his yep. antenna's popped off, and so you know she she, she winches him out, yeah, fixes the 
and says, what is wrong with you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're all thinking it. Yeah. Uh, And then they have the moment of silence that's the awkward, are they going to kiss now because they're in space? Or I guess they're back in the little car at that point. And it's like, well, no. She sews them up. Then the guy radios in and it's like, okay, well, something's going on here, but what is it? And and that's that's kind of, but she saved his life. He's a dummy and she saved his life. Oh, Miles, what are we going to do with you? But he what brought the rock bag with back with him. He's got his bag of rocks. <laughs> Wasn't going to leave that anywhere. That's for sure. No, no, no. Uh, you know what that's yeah, worth? I also had, I, I did have some questions about like the, uh, I'm fascinated by, this is sort of speaks too to like the larger, um, having a larger uh, crew on site is like, this stuff is not as well policed, right? Like there's somebody who'll give you a spacesuit if you slip him some money. Uh, yeah. You know, Sam can just drive the rover out to get him without having to like explain to anybody yeah. like, okay, this idiot went missing and I got to go find him. Yeah, I, um, I think that's interesting. I was thinking about that while I was watching it. The implications are, the, are, are also that this has gotten so large that you can't lock everything down, yeah. right? And, and also mean, there's the contractor interface thing too where it's like if there's like NASA stuff or Soviet stuff that is under the direct control, but like there's all, but the Helio stuff, it's private and it's sort of like, eh, right? Like they're gonna, they're, they're, they've contracted to provide base operations and so the the powers that be don't really have a window into it and it allows it to be like this, but it's just like, it's just big enough that everything is a little squishy, which is great for storylines, right? Because, you know, in the, you know, otherwise they would know exactly when a suit was taken out and when a Rover was taken out, but now it's gotten so big that they can do this stuff and, and maybe not get caught unless somebody goes well, and mean, looks later and looks right. at the logs. It's the same, it's the same loopholes that allow for all the black market stuff. To exactly. Work, right. Like I had a moment in this episode where I was afraid because they, they said, you know, with the security stuff, they like, oh, you know, lock everything down and do a security sweep. I was like, ah, oh, are they going to catch Ilya or find the bar or right. something like that? And you also wonder how much, how much do, because we know the astronauts are like, many of them are party to the black market thing, right? They sure. want stuff, they get stuff, yeah. but we don't know like, do Danny and Ed and the people at the highest level, do they know and just kind of look the other Tolerate way? Because yeah. they're like, it's harmless and like people are good for morale and all that. Or are they like, no, we, you know, if we actually know about this, we got to shut it down. My sense is I don't think Danny knows because I think if she did, she yeah, would she feel like be, she had to shut it down. No problem, yeah. But I would not bet against Ed knowing. <laughs> oh, certainly not. Yeah. Um, so. Although I guess if Ed was really involved, he would probably be selling some of his pot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe that's a step too far. I don't know. I know Maybe. he knows. I only think the rules don't personal apply. Personal use. Uh, there are laws yeah. about personal use, since that's how that's how it works. There's no laws in space, man. I yeah. Mean, like, I, well, I know that's part of the issue. <laughs> that's part of the um, issue. Yeah. But before we go, the one other thing I wanted to mention, just because I I enjoy this, is that, um, and I hadn't I think noticed this before, is that it, it, the uh, the NASA's uh, what we think of as the Johnson Space Center post blast when they rebuild it it's the molly yes. cobb the molly cobb space, space center. center i, I think we that. did know that i think we got told that at the end of last i think season. it was in like a newspaper article at yeah. the end but now there's like in addition to the memorial there's a big sign and they show it on that building that is not the you know that is where the partially blown up building was at the end of last season i just i enjoyed seeing that sign and being reminded of of characters who are are no longer with us mm-hmm. um that was a that was a good moment yeah, it's nice. I mean, this, again, the fascinating thing about this show is they need to cycle through characters like 
right. because of the progression and the fact that we do all these time jumps and like you get enough people to sort of carry you through to another season or two, but like <laughs> you gotta you know you, you gotta keep moving. Also, the title yeah. "A House Divided" is also really interesting based on what we were just saying, right? It's not just uh, the like initially right out of the gate it's the soviets Soviet who are union right but it's way more than that right because it's the upstairs downstairs aspect of it the earth and mars aspect of it there's a lot yeah. of different stuff going on here a lot of tension um a lot of cracks that they're trying to you know keep glued together but it's a it's a struggle for yeah. sure yeah uh i think that's it yeah. for this week's episode that's right Sounds right. Good um, one. Another good one. Yeah. No. Very solid. I I enjoyed it. Um, just enough. You know, this is the classic for all mankind move. Is like dangling out lots of little plot threads and being like, all right, you know, we're not gonna. Not everything comes to a culmination. Yeah. You know, on a weekly basis, but we've got just enough stuff, and it's all gonna somehow it all ties together. And I just want to underline that that, that confrontation between Ed and Danielle because it's so important for the past and the and the future of the show. Uh, you know, you make exceptions time after time. You don't think I see Gordo, Danny. Danny's not on me. What happened to Danny? Anyway, to Danny. all to be determined. But we were, you think back to Ed and and like Gordo not being able to fly and they crashed the plane and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and then when they were up on with the high bob and then Gordo was kind of losing it up there, like there was all these things in the past. And then there's Danny. What happened to Danny? So. Uh, that was just a great moment that underscores sort of like the richness, the advantage of the disadvantage of the show having these time jumps is that there's the aging of the actors and how you deal with it or don't deal with it. And I know pe- some people can't get past it, but like what's great about it is you do get this big scope and you do get these things that are De- like from, decades from deep yeah. in the past that still matter. And that's really, you know, we don't, we don't have Kelly's not in this one, but like Kelly, is the character who was introduced in between season one and season two as the adopted daughter of Ed and Karen. Right. So like, but now it's like Kelly's like in her thirties and an adult who's key to the plot. And it's like, that's a really, you get to think about like, Oh, we remember when they had Shane and he died and then they adopted mm-hmm. Kelly and you get that feeling of this whole rich past. So that's the advantage of doing a show structured like this. The disadvantage being, yeah, you lose your actors or you have to make them look old and some of them do better at that than others, but you do get that richness. And I really, it, it came out in, uh, in that scene, especially between Ed and Danielle loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So much. There is the history and the, just the interactions between them. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a really cool aspect. And it's not something you get on a lot of shows. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all we've got for this week, but we'll be back next week to talk about episode five. Woo-hoo, halfway point. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Halfway already. Yeah. I know. Hard to believe. Next time. All right. All right. To Until then. Try the slow <laughs> coffee, everybody. Try, try, try the long coffee. Oh, sorry. Coffee. The long coffee. The long coffee. Is it long to drink, long to make? I don't even want to know what it's like. I think that's actually a thing. Like I had to look Is this it? up because I'm not a coffee drinker. Uh, and I guess it's the it's long coffee is as opposed to like a literally a short coffee, which is I think the amount of time brewed. It, brew yeah, through well, that, and, which explains why she's waiting and then the instant coffee is gonna be, you know, instant. And and even worse, I guess. Uh, that's the impression I get too. But anyway, it's a, you know what, Dan? It's the Soviet vending machine. That's all that matters. 
Well, I guess next week we'll see if there's more vending machines. More vending content ready. Bye, everybody. Bye.